I am so happy that you're able to join us for this extended interview. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get more killer resources. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us for this extended interview with Kay where she's going to talk about how and what to think about first before you self-publish your own book online. Hey Kay, how are you? Hey, how's it going? Thank you so much for being here. Before you give us all of your awesome tips and tricks, can you tell us a little bit more about you and why you live an offbeat life? Yes, so my name's Kay from The Awkward Traveler. I'm a fiction writer and a travel blogger, and I live an offbeat life. One, because nothing I do is on beat. I can't dance to save my life. Um, And also, (laughs) it's just more fun to be offbeat, you know? Just like throw yourself out there, get into like all these different avenues, and just make it work. Yes, and I love following Kay on social media because she has really awesome captions on on her (laughs) photos and obviously the photos are great too but she's definitely a true writer and she's going to talk to us about how to self-publish your own book so okay can you tell us some tips about what someone should think about before they actually go into this rabbit hole (laughs) yeah because it's probably one of the deepest rabbit holes out there, except for like <laughs> why the earth is flat. That is a whole, <laughs> that's a whole nother episode. But some things to think about. First of all, any of you that are thinking about self-publishing, just know that it's not a step below traditional publishing. Like it doesn't make you any less of an author or doesn't devalue your work if you self-publish versus traditional publishing. I just want to get that like straight off the bat. Like don't feel like you're less than if you self-publish. So if you decide to go through self-publishing, there's a whole bunch of reasons why you would. One of them being that you couldn't find a publisher to publish your work or you didn't want to deal with the rejection or maybe you want to get it published before a certain time. There's lots of reasons, but If you do decide to self-publish, there are a couple things to keep in mind. There aren't really any set-in-stone tips just because everyone publishes different works for different reasons, but you definitely want to keep a few things in mind. Sorry, I rambled a bit, but (laughs) (laughs) the first thing would be whether or not to get your own ISBN number. So basically, that's the little barcode that is on all the books and it's kind of like a social security number for your book. So if you publish through Amazon, for example, you have an option to use one of their free ISBN numbers or you can use your own that you have to buy independently. So if you want to go ahead and use someone someone else's ISBN number, like Amazon, for example, the benefit is that it is free, but only for use on Amazon. So you can only sell on Amazon. And technically, since it's their ISBN number, your book is theirs, like in quotes. So that means you can't independently take your book and sell it in bookstores. And bookstores aren't going to buy your book from Amazon because Amazon's their competition. So Mm -hmm. it's a little limited there, but you do have the ease of 
you know, Amazon's pretty available around the world and also it's free. If you do buy your own ISBN number, it can be more expensive because I, I don't remember the cost for one individually. I think it's about a hundred or $200, but you can get a bundle of 10 for like 300 or 400. So that's the price range. It's in the hundreds, but the perk of buying your own is that your book is always yours and you can independently publish it through different bookstores or send it to be published through a publishing house or you can request that Barnes and Noble like buy it from a publisher and then they can stock it in store. So you have a little more versatility, but it's more expensive and a little more legwork on your end. Yeah. That's a really good thing to learn about because I didn't know that at all. Obviously, I'm not trying to be a published author just yet. But for somebody who's just starting out and who wants to do this, that's a huge type of information that you don't even think about. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're first starting, you're just thinking about your story, how you're going to do this, maybe getting someone to publish it. But the ISBN number, I mean, that's a huge thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for that. Now, what about proofreaders and editors? Were you able to do that for your own book? And do you suggest somebody doing that as well and investing in them? Yes. So I did do it for my own book. And I also highly recommend doing both for your own book. So a proofreader and an editor, they sound similar, but they do have different tasks. So first, a proofreader would be someone who reads through your finished work and kind of checks for loopholes and plot gaps and things that don't make sense. Or if you accidentally mix up two characters' names, like they catch the things that make the story flow. So those are important because they're not necessarily reading for grammatical errors, but when you're your own writer, you kind of blank out the loopholes because you know the story in your head but a third person reader wouldn't if you suddenly skip a scene they wouldn't know what that what's being skipped you know so proofreaders are great for catching plot loopholes and things that might get confusing for readers yeah I think when you're looking at your own writing for a really long time you may not be able to catch it because it's just there, you know, a lot of times it becomes a blur. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then on the other side of things, an editor is the person there to catch grammatical errors and syntax missteps and all the things in AP English that none of us remember anymore. (laughs) I always second guess everything, by the way, whenever I'm writing an article and I never know what's happening most of the time. (laughs) Yeah, like who, whom, I still don't know. I really yeah. don't. <laughs> there, there, there. <laughs> yeah. English is hard, but it an is. editor can help. Yes, that's what they're there for. That's what you're going to pay them to do. <laughs> yeah. And on that, like, even if you do hire an editor and a proofreader, things do slip through the cracks. In your favorite novel, there's at least one misspelling somewhere. So, When you do catch that or if someone points it out, just kind of laugh it off and go with it. Just know that it happens sometimes. Don't beat yourself up over it. Yes. Even your editors are human, just Mm -hmm. like everyone else. (laughs) (laughs) 
Now, I know you spoke to me before this episode went up about beta readers. Can -hmm. you tell us about that, what it actually is, and how you can take advantage of it? Yeah, sure. So beta readers are kind of specific to fiction writing, but I imagine they're also in nonfiction books as well. But once you get a finalized book, it's kind of the first step in the advertising checklist, I suppose. So you would send a finished copy of your novel, usually paperback because paperbacks are pretty and they mock up pretty well in an image. But you would send them a copy of your work and they would read it and then review it on Goodreads or just kind of pre-market it to their audience. Like, oh, I read this book. It's dropping in a couple of weeks. Make sure to pre-order and pick it up when you can. They can also provide some really good info on which audience you want to like specify your marketing for. Because if you get a reader who is more like lifestyle and they don't like it, but your beta reader who's more into, I don't know, fitness, they're like, wow, this is really great. And my audience would love it. Then you know, okay, maybe I should focus more with these fitness people instead of like a general lifestyle type audience. So that can also be helpful. Yeah, it's definitely a great way for you to figure out what it is that your audience really wants and Mm -hmm. make the changes if you still can, which is a really good thing. And it's going to help with your sales later on, too. Definitely. And pre-orders, at least on Amazon, the more pre-orders you get, the higher ranked your book will be when it actually is published. So those beta readers and like pre-orders really help your boost your scales when it does finally hit the market. Yeah, for sure. Now let's talk about how to market and advertise your book because that's a huge thing, right? You Mm -hmm. created this beautiful thing. It's your baby. And now you want to put it out there. You don't want it to go out there and nobody knows about it. Nobody's (laughs) buying. And it's just sad. (laughs) Yeah. So how were you able to market and advertise your own book and do this successfully? Well, I don't know how successful it was, but (laughs) for this podcast, let's pretend it was very successful. (laughs) Um, The biggest hurdle I personally had to get over was being confident enough to like put it out there. Like that's literally the biggest hurdle, just self-promoting. So whether you're scared, you'll come off too like sales pitchy or if you are scared, people will buy it, but they will hate it. You kind of just have to like forget about that for a second and like just self-promote. That's the biggest hurdle. The second biggest hurdle for advertising your work, I think, would be knowing your audience and then also knowing how you want to advertise. So since I have a platform on social media, I felt like I wanted to focus a lot of my energy on social media marketing. This was my first time publishing too. So I was kind of just like trial and erroring it. But I knew that My main audience on social media was travel and I wasn't like a book blog or anything. So I knew it wouldn't necessarily be the most productive to just market to my own audience because I mean, some of them like reading, but it's not their collective interest in my platform. So instead of marketing, I I did market to my own platform, but I also reached out to book bloggers 
and book reviewers on social media. And I would be like, hey, I can send you a book for your honest review. Like I didn't pay them because I think that's illegal. But yeah, (laughs) uh, (laughs) um, but kind of knowing I think their audience would like this. So I'm going to market to their audience or on like Facebook ads, you can specify which audience you want. So in their interest, I would say like fiction, um, writing, you can specify the genre and things like that. So you target the audience that would be most interested in your book. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of ways to do it. And just reaching out is one Mm -hmm. of the best ways to do it. And that's a good tip for all of us. Well, thank you so much, Kay, for speaking with us today. And Kay and I are co-writers of a book from Blank Room. And can you tell us a little bit more about it, Kay, and (laughs) where all of our listeners can get a copy? Sure. So the book is called Branding Quickies, and it's a collection of branding tips and tricks so that you can fully develop your brand in a way that resonates with your audience and to effectively portray your message. So there's tips whether you're a small business owner or a blogger or you want to take your business and make it remote or location independent but still be successful and have a solid foundation for your work. So you can find it on Amazon for the time being. It's just branding quickies and there's a whole bunch of goodies packed in there from lots of different people. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. There's a lot of awesome women that are giving you so many tips on that book and I'm going to have a whole bunch of them on the podcast and you're going to learn more about their stories as well. Well, thank you so much, Kay, for being here with us. Before you leave, can you tell us where all of our audience can find you to read all your awesome captions and your awesome books and your website and your blog as well? Of course. So hello, beautiful audience. I'm Kay. You can find me on my website, theawkwardtraveler.com, or on Instagram, theawkwardtraveler, or on Twitter, awktravels, or on TikTok, where I thoroughly embarrass myself. Surprise, I'm the awkward traveler on there as well. So (laughs) that's where you can find me. I post travel tips and guides and interviews from local people of the destinations I visit. And also little snippets of my writing, if you're interested in that. So I hope to see all of you around the interwebs soon. Thank you so much, Kay. I really appreciate you for giving us all of these awesome tips. My pleasure. I hope you enjoyed this extended interview with Kay. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the full interview where she shares how she was able to earn extra income as a self-published author. Thanks for joining me on this extended interview. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We can also chat some more on Facebook at The OB Live. I'll talk to you soon.